This morning we'll be in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35, and we're talking about family priorities in God's service. Family priorities in God's service. When I was a kid, I was all over my backyard. And, and this was at this time in Greenville, South Carolina. And we had a somewhat deep backyard. And towards the far back of the backyard, there were trees, a couple oak trees. And then there was a ton of brush. And then there was a fence at the very back. But between the fence... Um, and I guess there was a little ditch back there. We, I crawled in through there. But there were also some thorn bushes back there. But I thought I was so cool. I'd go down there by the fence and I would get in the ditch. And then I'd crawl up underneath the thorn bushes. And I'd try not to get snagged by all these little briars. All the things that little boys do. And there was a bunch of poison ivy and all kinds of other things back there. And I got poison ivy really bad many a time. Also, I had a friend I talked about who lived way out in the country, and they lived on, I don't remember how many acres it was, but it was a lot. And they had a forest, they had a creek, and they had this huge garden. And I remember we'd run through that forest, and we'd try not to get all tangled up in those thorn bushes that were there. And then once you get tangled up, you spend a few minutes trying to prick them off, pull them off of you without hurting too much. All the adventures that especially young boys have. Well, as we're talking about thorns, I think of talking about family relationships can be a thorn bush. It can be a little prickly because there's all kinds of things that are tough to talk about and tough to figure out. And every family is different. And then if we were to talk about which we are going to talk about. How we're supposed to serve God. What is the right way to serve God? That's another thorn bush. Like it's very prickly and hard to make application with. And then when you're talking about family priorities in God's service, so you're combining talking about how we're supposed to serve God and talking about family relationships and combining those together, that's a whole briar patch. It's just hard to talk about. And so we're going to look this morning and we're going to try to just do some big principles that get us headed in the right direction. And we're going to do that with family relationships and God's service. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give wisdom this morning. And Lord Jesus, as we're talking about the words you gave, Spirit, would you give us wisdom to apply these to our lives, that we would be diligent to want to serve and have the right priority in our families in God's service. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, this morning, Jesus challenged the understanding of family relationships. As we're diving into our passage today, we need to go back several verses just to get a context because we did skip over some of the verses. So we're going to start back in verse 13 just to get the context. Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And Jesus went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him. 
And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother of, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonerges, however you say that. That is, sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. Catch that? His family heard about what was going on, and they went out to to capture him, to seize him, to lay hold of him. For they were saying, he is out of his mind. Let's skip over a paragraph here. We covered this paragraph last week with the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now getting to our verses today. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. And his mother and his brothers came. And standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, and I'm going to stop there. We're going to hang and we'll get to the rest in a few minutes. So let's talk about expectations of family on us. Today it is very different, at least in our country, than it was in the time for the Jews and their culture. Now there are same basic principles, but we might look at it a little bit differently. Now, we, we agree, and we, most Christians do, especially as they've grown in the Lord, that we're not supposed to let culture define our families or set the expectations for our families. But certain mindsets have to be popular in order for them to be culture in the first place. So what I'm saying is, is that the culture and its expectations on a family, for many of us, can ring true, even if it's not entirely accurate. We want to learn to live beyond the expectations of culture, to think deeper and to think the way God wants us to think. And that is a big part of what we're trying to achieve. Jesus here was challenging their understanding. And this was a religious culture, strongly religious culture, more so than our culture. Strongly religious culture, and Jesus was challenging them on their understanding of family relationships in his kingdom. So what type of challenge here are we talking about? I accidentally skipped over one thing. I want to point out, it said here that Jesus... um, 
excuse me, Jesus was at a point to where it didn't mention his dad. It just mentioned his mother and his brothers. And we don't know where Joseph was. Our best guess is, is that at this point he had passed away, but the scriptures do not say. As we talk about expectations of family upon us, non-Christian families have expectations on us. And sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're not. And even sometimes a Christian family can have expectations on us that are either too restrictive or they are too worldly. So as we're talking about family expectations, it could be all over the place, even with a Christian family. Then there are good Christian families. They're balanced and they have good expectations for their family. Sorry, that was out of order, but I wanted to bring that up. So as we're talking about Jesus, and he is challenging their understandings of what a family is, what type of challenge are we talking about? Some people, when they are challenging things, they're mavericks all the way around, and everything they do, they're challenging everything. Other people are very reactionary and they react to one thing or another and their challenges are not healthy. And obviously, as we talk about Jesus' type of challenge, his challenge is perfect. It's on target. Jesus is appropriately challenging people's thinking and pointing them to the correct way. I wanted to draw your attention to this in our passage today because we saw this at the beginning of Mark chapter 3 when Jesus was about ready to heal the man on the Sabbath. He looked around the room in silence. And we see the same thing here. Jesus asks a question and then he pauses and he looks around the room. And if I were to do that this morning, and sometimes I do it, and I just stop talking and I look at you. If your mind was wandering, all of a sudden you might start paying attention. Or perhaps you have something else on your mind with the sermon, but as I stop, all of a sudden time stops and you're looking to see what's going on. And Jesus is using that here. He asked a very provocative question, and then he looked around and just stared at Jesus challenged the understanding of family relationships. And then Jesus went on to prioritize our spiritual family. Mark chapter 3 and verse 34. And looking about at those who sat around him, and this is where we stopped, he said, here are my mother, mother and brothers. So he's looking around at the people and his apostles, his disciples were right there closest to him. He was making a very strong statement. Now, your disposition towards family can um, <coughs> would depend would determine how you react to Jesus' statement. For some people, they could be have a very poor family relationship, and so as Jesus makes this statement, it doesn't really affect you. 
But some of you may have a very good family relationship and it's a very positive thing for you. And so as he makes a statement like this, it can feel like that just doesn't feel right. That bothers me. And for others, it could be a mixed reaction. Perhaps some of your family are like, yeah, I don't care about them or I've had enough of them. Or And others are like, man, they're, I, they're such a blessing to me. Appreciate them. So it's important to think through where you're coming from as we're looking at the principles that Jesus is talking about. Because when we talk about family, we talk about serving God, it usually elicits strong reactions and strong mindsets. Now, some folks have the double blessing of a Christian family that is mature and obedient to the Lord. And they are going to be able to look at Jesus' words with the context of a family that prioritizes in a healthy way service to God. And they're not going to feel some of this tension. So the principle of priority. Our spiritual family, just plainly stated, our spiritual family has priority. Now remember, this is a patch of thorns that we're going through here. Jesus is absolutely not teaching that we are to neglect our family. There are other New Testament passages in the gospel and in the epistles that strongly warn against not providing for your family and not taking care of your family. There are also folks who get so involved with God's kingdom ministry that they neglect the proper care of their families. One of the classic examples is whether missionaries or pastors, often they get so wrapped up in the ministry they don't give proper care to their families. But also, just in the group of churches that I grew up in, often many families, the ones who are considered the good families, were very, very busy in church activities. A lot of church activities and the kids were struggling to get proper care and proper attention. And it showed with how the kids considered their faith. The context here is that Jesus' natural family is seeking to stand in the way of his spiritual family. Let's keep that clear. In this case, Jesus' family, however good they were, His natural family was standing in the way. They were a hindrance and they were trying to work against Jesus as he was serving the Lord. And that is what is happening here. And that can happen here with our earthly families. Whether because they have too narrow expectations of what it means to serve the Lord or because they have uh, the wrong idea of what it means to serve the Lord or maybe they have very worldly mindsets about how you should be spending your time and making money and things like that instead of serving the Lord. Whatever it is, our earthly families can stand in the way of what happens. One commentary points to Mark chapter 8 where there's a very vivid example of one of Jesus' apostles standing in the way of God's kingdom priorities. And Jesus began to teach, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, And Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again.
and he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Returning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So there's a very vivid example. Someone close to Jesus had the wrong idea and began to resist the proper priorities. And Jesus, of course, had the right priority and rebuked this person. So as we talk about the principle of priority, there are times when people who are close to us and our natural family will stand in the way of our spiritual family and God's kingdom work. That's the big principle. I understand it can be very hard to discern these things and we need God's help. But the big principle we need to latch on to today is that people who are close to us and our natural family can stand in the way of God's kingdom work. And Jesus clearly teaches on those occasions that his kingdom and your spiritual family take priority. So prayerfully make application. Be very careful in your conclusions here. Many Christians are quick to justify themselves and aren't willing to humbly explore their heart and pray about it and to seek counsel so that they are obeying what God expects of them as they serve him and how they relate to their family relationships or to those who are close to them. So Jesus challenged the understandings of family relationships. Jesus prioritized our spiritual family. And then Jesus explained the nature of our spiritual family. And this is one that I think we might miss in this passage because the the big obvious thing is what Jesus' statement that catches our attention with that he wasn't really paying attention to his mother and brothers. But then he gives us more information about what our true spiritual family is like. Mark chapter 3, verse 35, he says, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So what does a true spiritual family look like? This is important. Many a person has a wrong idea of what a true spiritual family looks like. And in fact, that is where the devil can come in and falsify what is true and what is right and lead many people astray. A true spiritual family has the nature of being obedient to God's will. Many of God's children can become enamored with someone who seems like a good influence. But someone who is a true spiritual family to you is someone who knows God's will and is doing it. Hearer and doer of the word. Knowing what the core doctrines of Scripture teach. Being clear on those things. And then applying those things. Knowing where there is legitimate room on things. 
in being gracious. Many of folks have added to what God says and been very, very strong and opinionated on it when God doesn't say that actually. They make their application what they think God means and then they're very dogmatic about it and then they become very unhealthy and they become very schismatic and they divide God's church. Other people are very careless and don't really pay attention to what God teaches and don't work hard to apply that to their lives. True spiritual family, they have the nature of knowing God's will and obediently living it out. This goes into what people like to call the mysterious will of God. And they struggle, what's God's will for my life? And does God want me to do this or that? And they can get really caught up in what they're not sure about. When God has been very clear in his word about what we can be sure about. And if we are living out what we can be sure about from God's word, we can trust that God will lead us in the rest. And there's times when it may be just a choice between multiple good things. We don't know. We don't have that overview, but instead make sure you've rooted your heart in what the clear truth of God's word is and you're clear in how you're supposed to live that out. And then, as some people would like to say, do what you think is best and trust the Lord for the rest. Do what you think is best and trust the Lord for the rest. So, points of application today. Prayerfully apply the prioritizing of God's kingdom in your spiritual family. There are some folks who, if they're honest, the Spirit of God is telling them that they've been neglectful of serving God. And sometimes it's because of whether they are spending too much time prioritizing their natural family. Sometimes they're prioritizing the advice of their natural family, which is in conflict with God's will, or it could be just a worldly objective in their life. And Jesus is living out and showing here in this situation that he very clearly had priority for God's kingdom and for his spiritual family. And so as you are seeking to search your heart and see what the Spirit is saying to you, do you have the proper priorities in your life for serving God? Then make sure your spiritual family bears the mark of a true spiritual family. Take a few minutes and reflect. Remember I said this was a briar patch. Um, these are, there's all kinds of complicating things and we need wisdom, discernment, skillfulness in making decisions and how to do these things. But what you need to determine in your heart is are you actively seeking to apply and actively seeking out wisdom and how to apply these principles? Many of God's children have become distracted in this age and they are passionate about the wrong things. We want to be passionate about the right things. And Jesus gave us a very clear example of how we can be on that path in the text that we looked at this morning. Take a few minutes and respond to the Lord.